When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. This is How are we feeling? Um, post-match, Aston Villa, 3-2 lost. Ollie can't host today because he's unwell, but you're stuck with me. So we're, we're going to do this. Um, post-match, 3-2 lost to Aston Villa. Poor first half showing from the Hatter. And a much improved second half, but it wasn't quite enough to, for a point. Or it could have we had chances, couldn't take them, but the second half was much improved. And there's a, a lot to digest from the match. A really, really poor first half, followed up by a really, really good second half. Obviously, injuries have hit us very hard. Villa showing their quality and just, again, defending in the, those final few minutes has cost us. But um, it's, it's been an unlucky, it was a really unlucky one. Really frustrating not to get the just get a point because we deserved it but I'd like to hear what we all think so I'm going to bring in Christian I'm going to I'm going to oh hang on I'm going to try I've got I'm still I'm still working out how it all works um I'm just trying to find the bit where I bring him in uh how do I unmute him <laughs> um oh, whoops trying to click the right button whoops Oh, I left it. Oh my gosh. He's not going the way I'd hoped. Um oh here we go. Uh I don't know how to unmute. Um <laughs> apologies, apologies. This isn't quite my thing. I've never done this before. Isaac, I'm just jumping in. Oh yeah, I don't know how what, how what, do, what do you need help with, mate? <laughs> I'm trying to unmute. I don't quite know how. Oh, you don't know how to unmute Christian. Yeah. Um, oh, you get you get him to unmute. I I could just unmute myself. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Christian. He should, he should go back to studying space bats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Sure, why not? Um, Zach, you're doing yeah, really so. well. Keep, keep going, mate. Well doing my best. Yeah, yeah. Go on, Nate. Yeah. Oh yeah, I just want to say, uh, for, what what did we think of the uh, first half? Like Ollie Watkins always scored two. There was a bit of a lengthy. VAR check for the second one in particular, but what what did you kind of think of that first half, Christian? I thought that it was going to be a lot worse than it actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, Aston Villa on fourth, they're battling for Champions League. They haven't been top four in the Premier League. Uh, I think 
I, I think the broadcast said like not in like 30 years, something like that. So like they're they're having a really good season. Obviously, we've kind of been plagued by some really unfortunate results as of late. So I thought the first half was going to be a lot worse than it was, uh, especially after you have that second goal initially be ruled out due to offsides, and then VRA VVAR looks at it, and then it's he's on sides because you know whoever it was had their hands stuck out, and that was just that was just absolutely atrocious but um i was really happy when the halftime whistle blew because it was only two nil i'm like okay maybe maybe we can get back in this yeah no i was thinking the same i thought the first i I couldn't see the first goal because i think someone someone was trying to get back to their seat and everyone was stood up and it kind of blocked my view which i'm not too fussed about but um it because i didn't seem to miss much but uh yeah, it just seemed like I watched the goal back, and it seemed like sloppy defending, not pick, not picking up Watkins, and it was a free header, which is not what we want. Kaminsky, shout out to him as well. He made some unbelievable saves and really kept us in the game. He was absolute class. Oh, he was, wasn't he? He was some. I think he made one on. I think it was Morgan Rogers or something, where it was like a top hand, top right corner save. And it was, that was unbelievable. And then yeah, uh, the second goal, it was like a quick free kick. I think the ref took a while to deal with it and as soon as he blew his whistle or something they took it chipped it over for Watkins to finish which was again I thought it was offside it was given offside at the start the others had a look and decided it was onside so that's just one of them things yeah I was really happy to hear the uh half-time whistle as well because we we needed it we needed uh you know to get get going we didn't start I can't really remember us threatening them but seems like Rob Edwards gave the team talk of a lifetime at, in at half time because that second half was so much better, wasn't it? Well, yeah, and 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 just just, just you know, just question for you since you're um, always at the games in person. Mm. Do they show like the VAR um, like lines like on on the video board, or is that something you guys kind of just get told like what the result is? Oh no, so we got the we got like a screen which is in the Oak Road ends. Which are uh, like they tell you when VAR's checking it, cause obviously, right? Because the Lino flagged it at first, and right? Oh yeah, offside, and then they kind of stopped because they if if they just decided oh, it was offside, then they would have played straight or played on straight away. But they took a while to get going again, so they were checking it, and then they go like, oh yeah, right, goal. Then right, well, well, on on. On the um on the broadcast, they're showing the you know, they're showing the VAR check, they're showing like where they drew the lines. And I don't remember who it was. It might have possibly been Ogbene. I'm not entirely sure, no. but whoever it was, whoever it was, the offsides line was being drawn by them having their hand or their foot stuck out. So had they not done that, that goal would have been disallowed. So that was actually kind of embarrassing to see. But but anyway, yeah, yeah, that second half. To your point, it was amazing. I really think that was because they brought on um, Daiki Hashioka. Mm. Yeah, but bringing him on allowed um, allowed players to play in their more natural positions. And I got to say, that was a really strong eleven that was out there for that second half, especially because the pace started picking up. Like the team looked like they were threatening to score every time they went down the field. And I, I mean. I mean, whether it be Rob giving the talk of a lifetime, whether it be allowing players to play in the more natural positions, something just absolutely switched in that second half, and it switched for the better. And I really, really wish we could have gotten a draw there because 
they deserved it after how they played that second half. Yeah, yeah, it was the second half was so much better. I think the first half was one of the worst performances we've had all season because we just we just looked so sloppy. We just things were going wrong, you know. I think there was one instance where it was a ball over. Kabore went to go get it, and he just he just fell over, and that's just kind of and that Chong cross as well, which went flying over, just really summed up the entire first half. Which was it was really frustrating, but the second half was so much better. Again, I think Villa had one early shot, and that was it until they scored. We just completely dominated them. It was all us, and it's just so frustrating to let it, for what happened happen because we didn't deserve that at all. But again, there was there's lots of positives to take from it. You know, Daiki Hashioka he put in a he put in a really solid performance. I think it was left centre back he played when he came on. I think he, Rob said he can play across the entire back line. So that was really good to see as well. And we pushed Doughty back onto the left, which like really helped us attack it. And obviously he got the assist for the second goal. But I'm going to bring in Mark. So Mark, feel free to unmute because you're a second to join. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, Zach. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. I've recovered from the game yesterday now, kind of gotten over it a bit. Good to hear. More, but yeah. very like, unfortunate and a bit frustrating, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean it's it's really one of those, isn't it? It, it? If taken out of context of all of the other games we've had over the last few weeks, I think we'd all come out of it with the same pride that we had at the end of the Arsenal game, mm. that we had at the end of the Man City game. But because it's the end of that run that we've had against City, then Liverpool before that, United, it just felt like a little bit more soul crushing, particularly having got back into it. So I think it's it's the context in which that happened. Um I think you've already touched when you, you and Christian were talking about the first half. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, if, if we think about the second half, obviously it just shows what Kenilworth Road can be like. I mean, here in the crowd, the difference that crowd made as well was huge. Uh, and the only team that looked like scoring for that first sort of, well, for the whole half really, was us. And when you think about the makeshift nature of our team, you know, I know everyone's frustrated that we lost, but how many key players that we've got missing compared, you know, to them. And we're playing a top four side that's pushing for the Champions League. Uh, and we could have, you know, we could have easily come out of that having won. If Morris's header is, what, half a yard either side of the keeper, then it's a it's a 3-2 win. I can't see them getting back into it from there. So, so much positive to take from it. It's so difficult to take it, considering the way that we lost but but I do think it's the context in which we did it that's the problem. Yeah, I agree. I think that's I think that's absolutely spot on. I just thought like we need to like take a step back and realise, you know, how many injuries we've had, how full strength they were, and that we sec that in particular that second half, we were well on top. We it was all us and we just need to it's so it's if we just lost that like without really competing then it would have been frustrating that we didn't compete but it would have been like oh well you can expect it but we went beyond expectations we actually did really well considering the team that we've got we had to put out and not that the players that were playing one like our regular first teamers but we were just missing so many key players that kind of make up the way we play so I thought we did really well considering that and it's just like the manner of which we dominated the entire first half or oh, no, second half, sorry, and just somehow had it snatched off us right at the end. It's so frustrating. Yeah. yeah, and I think as well in that first half, I don't know about you, but it felt like that 6-2 defeat against City 
had a bit of an impact on our confidence as well. I mean, it was great that we kept them out for 20 minutes. I was chuffed a bit that they hadn't scored for the first 20 minutes. We gave ourselves a chance, but we never really looked an attacking threat. And, and it was only really going to be Villa that scored. We just seemed to lack the confidence to push forward. And I think in that first half, Barkley was picking up the ball far too deep. I mean, really deep on the edge of our own penalty area. So he couldn't really affect the game as much. And obviously, Bell being injured had a massive impact. Doughty being put in the centre-back role, which I think, I don't know whether it was him that that lost Watkins for the first header. It might have been. Um, it was that side anyway. So I don't know whether Bell would have probably done a bit better. But, you know, I think it, it felt like we were really not in confidence. And then as soon as, you know, almost we, you know, we're going to go, we've got to go for this. Otherwise, there's, you know, we're going to get absolutely hammered. As soon as that pressure almost was taken off us, we started to play like we know we can. Um, it'll be interesting to see how we go about the the Palace game with the amount that's on the line next week. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, I, I think that we definitely were playing like we were still a bit shell shocked from the 6 2 v City. And uh, I think we were very hesitant on the ball. We seemed just, it was just sloppy all round. Uh, I get I, as as you said, I was buzzing to get to twenty minutes without conceding because I think it was other than the Liverpool game. I think City, so many games like Man United, we were two 0 down after seven. It felt like we were conceding really early goals, and it's nice to kind of not. We still concede again, conceding two before half time isn't great, but it wasn't. It was good not to concede straight off the bat and have to like pick ourselves up and go again from there. So yeah, I, I agree with that, and uh, I think we're going to have some injuries back. Well players returning from injury for Palace which will be ideal and we just need to go for it that game how are you feeling ahead of that one yeah I mean I think positive I didn't um I mean I kept tabs on their game obviously I think they were winning weren't they against Spurs Mm. for a bit away from home they've got a new manager and Eze scored a wonder goal by all accounts or a decent goal for his standards every goal is nearly a wonder goal I guess for him yeah but um yeah i mean it's it's going to be tough i think um but i give ourselves a really good chance in it and particularly if we get some if we get laconga back i think that's huge um and eli defending from the front as well i think it just shows i mean we were we were pressing them in the first or trying to press in the first half but we really miss eli in that press from the front uh we did a lot better with it in the second half but that's mainly because we were able to push players like obene up which which allowed that pace to push and press a little bit more and it, it hurried them a little bit more on the ball. But we really miss that kind of forward press. I think we get those two back and I'll give us a really good chance of, of getting getting the win, um, particularly against, uh, you know, a Palace side that, that haven't... I can't remember the last time they got a result, um, but it's been a long time. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely see that as, as a as a winnable game. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just it's crucial. We we need we need points and we need to kind of get out the rut of losing at the moment. Yeah. So it would be just so important to get something there. And I feel like we can. I feel I'm really confident that we can. And within if we get, as you said, like as you said, Adebayo and Sambi back for that game, hopefully. They then we could really give them a go because they've got a new manager, still might they might still have mm. that new manager bounce or something. But yeah, I think Christian's got his hand up. So Christian, I'm mute, mate. What have you got to say? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was gonna uh, go into Mark's point. Uh, the next three games we have are very winnable, and it's it's Palace, Forest, and Bournemouth, if if memory serves. 
Um, to Mark's point, Palace got two results last month, including a 3-0 win over Burnley. So there's always that. But, I mean, Palace, Forest, and Bournemouth are definitely games that we can keep up in. And I definitely think that uh, if we can get Eli back, if we can get Samby back, if I mean, if we can get a lot of these injuries back, I think we can still definitely make a push for survival. But it's definitely going to be these next three games where, uh, you know, seven, seven or nine points would, you know, could make or break the season. That that's really going to matter, especially with how the month ends with traveling to Tottenham, and then Arsenal and Man City making up two out of three April games. So. You know, those, those next three games definitely will be very uh, crucial to Mark's point. Yeah, yeah, me that way. Sorry, Mark, go Mark. Sorry, Zach. Yeah, I, I forgot about the Burnley win. To be fair, apart from us, everybody beats Burnley, right? So, and Sheffield United, we're the only team that gives them two points. Um, but I, I think the only worry for me on the Palace game, and then I'll, I'll shut up. But the only worry for me on the Palace game is unlike teams like um, Villa, City. Liverpool, if they do get ahead, we're going to find it really tough to break them down because Liverpool City, those sort of teams will keep going for you, which will give us opportunities to get in behind. But if they go ahead early, they're going to shut up shop and we struggle as we did against Sheffield United against teams with the low block. So that that's the only concern for me in that game. Yeah, I agree. I think we've seen that so many times now this season where we've played against teams who we could dominate, but we start they we do something silly and concede early on, like the Burnley away game. We we were on top that entire game. It's just conceded a sloppy goal, and it, they were so hard to break down. It took us until the ninety second minute to get a goal. So and again, like Sheffield United at home, again we just we could we just couldn't break them down. They were just so solid, and they got three goals. So just like that, we just got to avoid that happening. And if we could, again, if we could get the first goal and do that to them, then that would be ideal. Yeah, I just want to talk a bit about, um, I think, Colton Morris's form since the new year. He has been absolutely unbelievable. He's got another goal as well. He got one yesterday. I think that brings his tally to eight for the season. And Adebayo's on nine. So it's quite, quite close. And there was a point where it was like Adebayo's on eight to Morris's three. But since the Burnley away game, he's been on top form. I think five goals and three assists in 2024. He's looking. I think he was very. He was looking very tired uh, at the kind of at the end of last year. You could tell his pressing wasn't quite there. His finishing it just wasn't happening for him. But he in the new year, he has been a new man. Obviously, quite a few of his goals have come from penalties, but that's not a bad thing because he's not missed a penalty for us yet. I think. Since the Middlesbrough game last year, he scored every pen. He's no, never missed a pen for us, including one in the playoff final. So he's always he's just so reliable from the spot in particular, but just in the air on the on the floor, he will he will like get a goal. He missed a chance or two yesterday, but again he made up for that. He got a goal. So what are we thinking about uh, Morris this season? Christian, uh, feel free to unmute. Yeah, I mean. I mean, Morris has scored in four out of the last five games. The only game that he hasn't scored, well, um, uh, uh, in league, I should say, in in the last five league games, he's scored in four of them. The, the only one where he didn't was the Liverpool game where Benny got the opener, and then and then the second half was just the second half. Uh, but I mean, he, he's done amazing. 
for for having to kind of step up in in Eli's absence, I think he's done great, and I also definitely think that um that with him and Eli in attack, the attack is a lot stronger than it is with only one or the other. So, so to me, I rate Morris quite highly. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the formation really suits him. He just he just looks so prolific at the moment. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I think his overall game's been great as well. Obviously, his goals are what gives him the confidence, but his hold-up play has been great. Even when he came, when he came back in the side, since he's been back in, and even when he was coming in as sub, his hold-up play has been great. And it's, um, I feel like his distribution's been so much better. When he was off the pace, it wasn't just that he wasn't scoring. The ball was bouncing off him. He just wasn't finding a player very well. And now he's, he's finding the right pass, hold-up play. I, I don't know whether you think the same thing, um, but I feel like Barkley's role in the side, since he's been in the side, I've started to see passes from all over the pitch improve. Um, Reese Burt was spraying him about yesterday. Um, and that's clearly the influence of players like Lacongra and Barkley as well. Um, so, yeah, no, I think that's been great. And his leadership, since Lockyer obviously has been out, we've really missed the leadership. We still miss it at the back, I think, to be honest. But... Um, he's a proper leader in that team as well. You can really tell. Yeah, I think I think as you said about Barkley and Lacongo's influence, you can see we're trying we're trying more passes, as in like different types of passes. We're not just. I was watching the Burnley game this morning, and the Burnley crowd were really getting on top of their players against Bournemouth. And every time Trafford got the ball, it was just it was he misplaced a few passes. You can tell the Burnley fans don't trust him. But they were just—they just looked like distraught as a team. They look—they look destroyed. They do not look like they're not a team. They just do not look no. like a team. But on the other hand, we look so like built. We look like literally such a core, such a squad, such a team. Gets- yeah, I mean the the Burnley fans were calling for or chanting the name of Murich, weren't they? The other the other goalkeeper, <laughs> which I mean, look, I I, I don't think Trafford's been great. At, and, and they spent far too much money on him. But that's not Trafford's fault. I feel like that is ridiculous. And for the fans to be doing that in that game, it, it felt... Do you know what it felt like? I, was watch, I watched a bit of it. I, I thought that when... It, it felt like the COVID season. Oh, yeah. That ground sound is so empty. It reminded me of the COVID season and just the echoiness in that ground. Um, yeah, crazy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was like there every every misplaced pass, and you just heard that you know like groan. The atmosphere wasn't get going really. It was just it just looked so miserable. Like I went I went to Turf Moor when we played them, and it was I I really enjoyed it. <laughs> but uh, Burnley fans were just so deflated, and you could tell they had no faith in their team whatsoever. And that little bit of faith they had got crushed when we scored. So I just think. Again, and then that's when more of the Trafford hate started coming because obviously, I don't know, if, I'm not going to comment on the goal because obviously I've got very specific and biased opinions on it. But the, they thought he could have gone down too easy. could have It should, could have been a foul. I don't know. I was the wrong side of the, of the pitch. But again, it's like about the passing. It's just that every pass he made, it was like backwards or well, it, they were passing backwards to Trafford and then Trafford was basically just giving it back to them. But since Barkley and the Conger have come into the side, we're trying more like crossfield balls, trying more exciting balls, more overlaps. You can tell that they've definitely had a really creative and really attacking influence on the team. But another player who's really improved in recent weeks, I did a tweet about him yesterday, but Tahith Chong, since since he's got his run back in the team, has been 
excellent. He got his goal yesterday, ex-Birmingham against Villa, getting a goal. He'll be buzzing with that. But he's been really good lately. What are we thinking about him? Yeah, I mean, him and Clark going forward are great, aren't they? I mean, yeah. his his pace scares the life out of defenders. And, and actually, when we're up against it, he's usually the one bright spark there as well. I would say my, my issue with Chong, and I do love Chong, but my issue with Chong sometimes is that not he can be a bit weak on the ball and tracking back i often he doesn't quite have that kind of desire to track back as much as the other players i know he does he does sort of make it back there in the end but you never see him kind of nipping him back into tackles like clark for example will do i know they're playing different positions um but that, that's that's the only thing but he causes he causes defense so much problems because he's the probably the most direct runner that we've got he will take anybody on um, and he's been great since he's been back in. He really has. He's taken that opportunity um, uh, from being just a bench player to be, being a starter, definitely. And I was really pleased to see him start, actually, as I was Townsend um, against Villa. Yeah, same here. I thought, I think Chong's really impressed me in recent weeks. I think he's really, he's really got something about him. At, at first, I thought it was a bit like lightweight. He wasn't going in for the ball. Obviously, he didn't track back either. But he has always had that quality, that excitement on the ball that I've really liked. So it's been really nice to see him get a run in the team, you know, being able to show what he's all about, being able to show that he can, he deserves a spot in the team. And obviously, he's, he's had some really good moments. I think he's, Obviously, other than the cross early in the game, he looked really good for most of the match. And again, Clark, as you said, he's been really good. Got two goals for City, and he was looking really creative. He's had so much, so many different like roles he's had to play for us since he's come back from injury. But he's still been top quality, and we're forgetting that mostly most of this squad has never played regular football in the Premier League. This is their first season adjusting to it, so they've all done a fantastic job. Chong, Barkley, well, not Barkley, well, obviously not Barkley, but Chong, Clark, so many of them. Kaminsky as well. Kaminsky yesterday was unbelievable, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's, it, again, I said it about Barkley being probably the best player I've ever seen. I mean, Kaminsky's pushing it for the best keeper. Um, and I think he's he's got a bit calmer as well. He's settled into the league. He's always been a great shot stopper. I feel like he's better off his line as well. He, he reads the game really well. Um, I think in terms of Chong and Clark as well, they've not you've got to remember they've not had the defensive backup of of um, Laconga and a fit back three either. So a lot of a lot of their work has got has going to been tracking back because of the one v one we play at the back. So they're often out of position, and and Clark has played pretty much every position apart from keeper. But I think he showed against Man City what he can do. Um, I think the second goal was probably better than the first, actually, just the the, the play of it. But yeah, I mean, both of them have been fantastic. Um, Kaminsky, just, what was he, three and a half million quid? Oh yeah, something stupid like that. He compared that to Trafford and it's crazy. It is, but it's us, isn't it? I mean, same with Obene, same with Barkley being a free, you know, it's what we do. Um, and Hashioka looks a real prospect as well. Um, and thank God for that, because we ain't got anyone else at back, the back at the moment. Yeah, um, it, I, it's just such an exciting team. I really I really enjoy watching us each week and referring back to like Burnley and Sheffield United. They really look they look like they dread watching their team. And when it when it goes wrong, they all turn. But we've I still I think most fans can agree. It's so enjoyable to watch this team, even when it goes wrong. You can see how much it means to the players. You can see the squad is so united and it's, it's, it's one, it's a squad, it's a team. 
And yeah, we've got so many good players who are really excited me this season. Like Kaminsky, I think he had a he didn't have a great start. He made some really good saves at Brighton and Chelsea, but then I think the West Ham game with the Bowen goal, he could have done better. And then Fulham away, that one goal where he kind of palmed it away and Vinicius scored. But since then, I couldn't tell you something he's done wrong. He has been superb. So I want a big credit to him for stepping up and playing because I think as much as I really liked Hor- Horvath, I, I'd never thought he was... I know Luton fans are very split on this subject of Ethan Horvath, but I think that he was like... He was never... He was he made lots of, quite a few errors, obviously, and he wasn't the most commanding, but I didn't, I didn't hate him. But I do wonder what it would be like this season if he was in goal. I, and I do. Ooh, I, that's a that's a bad take, Zach. I, I, I worry. <laughs> seriously, seriously, what would how would we be this season if he was in goal? Probably not we, great. We, yeah, we we'd be conceding a hell of a lot of goals this season if Horvath was number one. Yeah, exactly. I just I I always quite liked him as in like character, and I thought he was all right, but I never. I, I I would not feel confident with him in my goal. I barely felt confident with him in the championship, but in the Premier League, he would be he would worry. I think that I mean, put it this way: I mean, I, I've seen Kaminsky make um, more good saves in one match than I saw Horvath through in an entire season. Um, I, in fact, I've never seen Horvath make an a, a, an outstanding save or a save that I wouldn't expect him to make. Um, I, I, and whereas Kaminsky. You think of the amount of pressure Kaminsky's under compared to Horvath with that defence in front of him. Yeah, I think it, it, we would be a, a lot worse off. Yeah, yeah. Last, I think I I, I put some numbers together for Horvath actually. Um, if, if you if you want to hear them, I think I tweeted them out from the Wall, Wall Podcast account. Um, so minus three point seven goals prevented. That was the eighth worst in the league. He averaged 2.0 saves per match, which was the fewest in the league, which is fair. You know, we, we had a solid defence. 44.6 XG against, which was the second lowest, which goes hand in hand with the saves per match. But five errors leading to goals, which was the highest in the league. So I think we were very sensible not to retain him. By the way, Zach, you're absolutely smashing this. Right, thank you. Thank you. I'm, try- I'm trying my hardest. I'm... I'm doing my best. For those of you who don't know, Ollie's unwell, unwell and you know I've had to step in, so I'm just trying to trying to do what I can. But yeah, another another thing about yesterday, I thought Kabore, he was really good. He got man of the match. I think on the he was given man of the match by the Tanoi. I thought he was really good, but for that last goal, it was was it? Oh, I can't remember if it was his man. I'm not quite sure. It might have been. But yeah, he was. I thought he was really good. One of his best halves for us, actually. I thought he was bombing up and down that wing really well. Second half, but then it was the, it was that last goal which could have been could have been his his fault. Uh, was it was it his man? It was. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it it was really weird. I I texted a, a, a mate while I was watching the first half, and I was like, Kabore has been shocking first half, and then second half, I was like, well, he's now the best player on the pitch, so I've no idea what's going on. Um, but I think we were just attacking, weren't we, second half? Um, and it, he there wasn't a huge amount of defending that we needed to do. Um, and it it was a it was a poor goal, I guess, um, to concede from. But it wasn't just. I think there's been a lot of pile on on Issa Kabore based on that goal. And yeah, he should have done better. Um, but there was a lot that happened in the build up that should have stopped that cross. It was a bit like 
maybe the Arsenal goal where Declan Rice beat his man, but a lot of could have been done about the build-up, the same as the Liverpool goal. We should have stopped the cross earlier at source as well. So, yeah, he probably he, he didn't cover himself in glory with that, but definitely he wasn't the only one at fault for, for that goal. Yeah, I think we could have, again, when someone makes a mistake in football, you can always look further up the pitch saying, where did, why did it get to that point? But I just thought, I think Kabore, it was quite similar to the Liverpool one, I thought, where it was like a ball into the back stick and Diaz beat his man and managed to bundle it in. But I just, it was, it was again, could, could he have done better? Yeah, probably. But could we have avoided it? It was very, it was a very avoidable goal all round. But I thought, again, Ross Barkley yesterday, he was, he was looking, he did like a cool little spin past his man in the second half, which was really good. But as you... That was beautiful. <laughs> that was so... I remember exactly what we were talking That was... He beat two players at once. I know, it was so good. It was so good. And watching him do that on a regular basis is a privilege, isn't it? But Christian, what, what were you going to say? Yeah. Um. So, so you guys talking about Kabori. Uh, to me, to me, Kabori is one of those players that he can be either very hot or very cold. But the thing with him is that when he is doing good, he's absolutely amazing. And when he's doing poorly, he is absolutely awful. And it, and and it's some of the most extreme ends of the spectrum that I, that I've ever like seen. Uh, he did good in the second half yesterday, but you think back to oh oh man, was it the Chelsea game where he just gave the ball away basically in the penalty area? Oh yeah, like yeah, he just passed. It. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He, he he he's somebody that does occasionally make me very nervous uh, out on the pitch because when he's doing good, he is among one of the greatest players uh, on the team. When he's doing poorly, he gives away the ball in the penalty area, and then we lose to Chelsea three two. But also with Ross Barkley, I don't know how that dude managed to evade two people. At the same time, and not like lose the ball to trip over the ball. Like, that was absolutely impressive, and I could never, ever imagine doing what Ross Barkley did yesterday. He blew my mind even more than he usually does. Yeah, it's just a privilege to watch him week out, week, week in, week out, isn't it? He's just—it really is so enjoyable to watch some of the tricks he's got, some of the passes he makes. It's just—he's got—he's got everything as a midfielder, doesn't he? He can tackle, shoot. He can skill. He's got skills. He's got. He's just got everything, and he's such a credit to our team. We just got to hope and pray he stays fit for the rest of the season because without him, we'd struggle really badly. But um, yeah, more about yesterday. I'm trying to remember some of the other. Like I did. I think Morris had a few chances. Um, I can't really remember loads of chances we had besides Morris. We were creating loads. Or oh, we had a. I think we had one from a corner which came quite close. But yeah, I thought another player who stood well stood out for me yesterday. I thought Burke looked quite quite strong at the back. He was p- pushing forwards. He wins the ball quite a lot, and yeah, he, he's one of them players who's really good at bringing the ball from the defence forwards. He when he gets it, he's not always about like just trying to hoof it. He will he will try and he will step forwards with it. And at right centre back, he does this really well. He kind of receives the ball steps forward, looks for a pass on the wing. If it's not on, he cuts in and keeps going and tries to find that pass. So I thought it was quite good yesterday. Uh, what did you think about him, Mark? 
Yeah, like John Stone's school of defending at the moment, Reese Burke. I mean, I, I looked up watching the game and he's like centre forward or something. <laughs> get, he's getting further and further forward by the day. I love him. I love Reese Burke. And if he stayed fit, I, I still think that technically he's our best defender. Um, you know, Mengi's kind of overtaken him now, really, in just his ability to stay on the pitch for, for a few games in a row. Fingers crossed, touch wood, because we can't have anyone else go out. But I, yeah, he was great again. And his passing range is getting better and better as well. And he offers us that option on the overlap on the right hand side so many times now. Um, I think... I think he um, he played quite well with Townsend. I don't think it was Townsend's best game, but I think Burke Burke gave him some options up there. Um, I I can see him scoring one. Definitely see him scoring a twenty five yarder at some point. He's getting in the right positions at least. But yeah, I thought he was really impressive. He was up and down the pitch. Um, I think he did incredibly well considering the pace of their attack as well. Um, it's not just Watkins. Um, the speed of those supporting players they've got. Uh, it is scary and I think he did well he kept up with him quite well I think Mengi as well despite the fact that we conceded three I think Mengi again was just imperious in defence I can't remember when it was but that trap back and block was it against Watkins um, I... when he basically threw on goal and he just trapped he never looked like he was getting there and he, he booted out for a corner I mean that is just incredible play um, so yeah I mean both of them both of them were some really positive moments um, in that game. But yeah, Bert's been great. Yeah, he was really solid. And again, touching back on Mengi, he looks, he's improving by the game. And when we first signed him, lots of people were asking questions about his injury record, his experience, because I think he only had 15 senior appearances to his name at Derby and Birmingham. And he had so many different injuries. And to be honest, I was worried because I always, I thought I rated him. I thought, yeah, he looks decent. But the injuries was worrying me, but Mengi's done really well since coming in. And I think he's, we got him for very cheap and Man United decided to stick with uh, Johnny Evans instead of Tiedem Mengi, which is a bizarre decision, but it's Man United at the end of the day. So, yeah, I thought he was excellent. I think, I think yeah, as you said, that one where it was like Watkins was running through and he made that block and kept, kind of kept, the, kept him quiet for what he could do. But the way we play means that we're left 1v1 quite a lot, which is um, which is really tough to deal with when you're up against some of the world's best attackers. So, yeah, I thought Mengi was really solid today. Well, no, yesterday, sorry. And, yeah, I thought, any any, any other topics people want to talk about? I'd, I'd love to talk about Alfie Doughty playing left centre-back. Why would you love to talk about that? That, that was an interesting one, wasn't it? Um you know, forced into a change very early into the game, six minutes in. And it, I know, I love your thoughts on it, but it was an interesting reshuffle, wasn't it? Uh, in terms of bringing Ogbeni on, moving Doughty to left centre-back, Ogbeni to left wing-back. Um, I don't know, I, I feel it was, it was one, like Rob Edwards doesn't get many wrong, but I feel that was one that he got a little bit wrong. And our play certainly improved once um, Daiki Hashioka was brought on to fill in at left centre back, pushing, you know, Ogbene up to sort of right wing and, and Doughty back to left wing back. Because for the, for the entirety of the first half, Doughty, who is probably one of our most important outlets, didn't even get out of our half. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, 
Doughty, a left wing back, is so key for us. And we need to, if he's playing, he has to be playing there. Again, I'm not sure we knew what Hashioka could do at centre-back by that point. I'm sure we might have done, but I, I didn't know he could play centre-back until after the game, obviously. But I think we really missed Doughty on the left wing. But yeah, what did you think of uh, what you think of Doughty, Christian? You know, you know, some people will will follow Rob no matter what and never question his decisions. And sometimes I'm a little bit that way. And to me, I'm going to agree with Rob on that decision to uh, to put Doughty at the left center back. Just because to me, it seemed like a calculated risk in a way. Because obviously, like you said, you know, we didn't know what Daiki Hashioka could do. Uh, you know, being on the back line, we didn't know if that would be something to be successful or not. And I think it worked out for what it was. Obviously, Dowdy's not somebody who needs to be playing there. He's not a natural um, fit there. But, I mean, he did okay for what he was being asked to do. And and especially until we got, you know, Hashioka on. So, to me, I don't really think it was a poor decision. I think it was more of a, this is what I have to work with. This is what I need to do. I'm going to roll the dice and hopefully it's a lucky seven. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought, I thought, I don't think Darcy did a bad job, but obviously having to play him centre-back hurts our attacking game because he's so key to it. But I again, we didn't really know what Hashioka could do yet and I think throwing him straight in after like two minutes, well, six minutes, I think it was, would have been quite tough on him. But he did, obviously we now know that he can do a job there. But I thought... Um, Doughty, when he went back to left wing back, he was he looked really good. He's had a few games where he's not been quite as creative as he has been previously, but he got the assist for the Morris goal, and he was just looking dangerous. He's such a such a good player for us. So important his attacking and defensive game, both really really shows, and he links up really well with Chong on that left side, and they do some really good overlaps. And again, we were just second half was some of the best we've played all season, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I think I think probably the Brighton first half was probably the best we played. Even the second half as well for the second game. But this was this was certainly up there. We were all over it. But it's just so frustrating. I've said that word a lot, but it's it. That's the only word I can. The best word I could use to just have it to be taken away from us in the last minute after dominating the entire first half. But that's the Premier League. That's how brutal it is we know that we've learned that but this season's a massive learning experience for us and hopefully one we will we will survive because I think we will I still think we will um, I know there's been lots of arguments on on here about or on Twitter about like oh well like decisions where we'll stay up or not but we've had such a tough run of games recently and only in a few of them we've not been competitive and uh, we've got a better run coming up. We've got 12 cup finals to go this season. I do think we've got it in us. We've got a really favourable run in. And we just got to start picking up some results. Some teams will fall off. Forget about points deductions. Don't need to worry about that. Just just go for it. Because we can. We the team's got it in them. We can see that, can't we? Absolutely. And, and look, I mean, as well, 
we're a team that is going to thrive by attacking. That's how Rob's going to play, right? That's not that's not going to change. He's made that clear. We're going to be one v one at the back, and you live by the sword, you die by the sword. In that, and and we're going to concede goals. We are not going to hold on to one nil leads like we were able to do away from home so well last season. That is not going to happen. You know, you think in terms of we've had, what, two clean sheets all season. One of them was a 4-0 win, and that's the reason why. Um, but, you know, we're going to win games 3-2, 4-3, 2-1, and we're all going to have a heart attack before the end of the season. But that means that we, we're going we're gonna to be in every game as well. So I think there's some real positives, absolutely, that we need to move forward from. And our attack, our ability to score goals is far better than most of the teams in and around us. And I think we can take heart from that, at least going into the next few games. Yeah, I agree. Our, we, our goal scoring is so, so good at the moment. And it has been for a while. We play such a good style of football where it's like we're not just setting up to win 1-0 and hold, like score early on and win 1-0 and hold on. Like Last season, we could do that because that's like what our team could do best, just get a goal and just hold on to it. We looked so solid when holding on to a lead last season, but this it's, it's a different ball game in the Premier League. And when you're up against some of the world's best attackers, uh, well, not really sometimes, but uh, like the Man City game and on Tuesday, for example, when you've got De Bruyne and Haaland playing like they were, you can't just give them all that time and space. You have to shut them down. But we shouldn't change our identity. We shouldn't change the way we play just to try and keep the score low. We should keep doing what we do best, even if it doesn't work out. Because, again, leaving players 1v1 all the time is not ideal and it does cost us an awful lot. But it gives us that ability, that attacking ability to go and gamble and get some goals. That would be That could be really key for us come the end of the season. But... Has anyone else got anything to say before we wrap this up, or, or shall I just call it a day here? Well, yeah, I, I do think. Um, yeah, sorry for cutting in. I, I do think like when certain players come back, you know, obviously Sambi and Elijah Adebayo are relatively close to returning. I feel that will probably give us a bit more oomph, you know, um, for the future games, but. Look, I have to agree with absolutely everything you've said. Uh, not just you, what Mark said as well. You know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And our play has, has rightly been drawing plaudits. People saying, you know, they watch our games because they are ridiculously entertaining. They are. Yeah, I agree. I think we're just so... We're so good to watch. And again, it just fills me with confidence watching this team compete at the top level. So I'm just kind of just hoping we can continue that. And thank you for, to Mark and Christian for joining me and Ollie, of course, for joining me. And okay, uh, thanks to Ollie for letting me do this. Obviously, he couldn't do it because he was unwell, but I've given it my best go. So thanks for thanks for tuning in and listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And see you, oh, wait, see you, at Pal- see you after the game at Palace. Yeah, that, thank you very much, Zach. That everyone, that's uh, that's Zach Neal. He's um, he was the host this week for the post match phone in. Go give him a follow on on you know on on Twitter. You can find him like by clicking his icon right here. Check out his YouTube. He's doing some incredible stuff um, in non league. You know, recording some amazing games and not just that you know, showing non-league stories. 
he really is one of the best content creators, not just for Luton Town, but for non-league football as well. Remember, you can also check out all the post-match phone-ins, podcasts, and Hashwell Lowers across our YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, thank you all very much for joining. And once again, a massive thank you to Zach. You got the job full-time, mate. Everyone, have a great evening. Come on, you hassles. Sports Social Podcast Network.